I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast. If you value our work, please consider supporting us by becoming a podcast sponsor. If you become a new sponsor or if you renew your current sponsorship by increasing your gift, the impact of your investment in the Cato Institute will be doubled thanks to one of our generous sponsors who will be matching your gift dollar for dollar. The only way to do it is to visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and make that donation. Cato accepts no government money. We depend on the generosity of sponsors to help us advance the values of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support the Cato Daily Podcast and the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 25th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The relationship between Jesus and Islam is one that isn't much appreciated in a large part of the Western world. Mustafa Akiol is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and author of The Islamic Jesus. He discusses the place of Jesus in Islam and why it should be no problem to hear Salam Alaikum in the same breath as Merry Christmas. I think a lot of Americans who are not familiar with Islam would be surprised to hear someone like you say, it is totally okay to wish Muslims a Merry Christmas. Why is that? Well, first of all, I think people should be respectful to different faith traditions and uh, people should not be offended when people celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah. So there's that general universal uh, toleration. But I think there's a specific reasons for Muslims to be okay with Christmas and even celebrate, celebrate it in their own way. Because what is Christmas about? It's about the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it is, of course, very important for Christianity. It's in the New Testament. It's in the Bible. Uh, but it is there in the Quran as well. Uh, one of the long chapters of the Quran, uh, the chapter named Maryam, which means Mary, is about the virgin birth of Jesus. Uh, it's very similar to the Gospels, especially the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and there we learn that the birth of Jesus was a miracle. God sent uh, angels to Mary to bless her with a son, and she gave birth to Jesus. So uh, this is not always understood or appreciated, but Jesus is very holy for Islam, and his birth is celebrated in the Quran, so why not Muslims be comfortable with Christmas? What are uh, some of the other complications? I mean, there are obvious issues between Christians and and Muslims, but uh, with specific reference to Jesus being mentioned so many times in the Quran, you know, how, how, how ought that to change both uh, Christian views and Muslim views about Islam and Christianity? Well, of course, there are similarities and there are important gaps. Uh, as I explained in my book, The Islamic Jesus, on the one hand, you can say Muslims and Christians can easily come together in their respect and veneration of Jesus and Mary too, uh, because both are holy uh, in, in the Quran and Islamic tradition. On the other hand, Certainly, there's an important gap, and that is while most Christians, almost all Christians today, consider Jesus as divine, as God incarnate, uh, the Quran also takes a strong position against that. The Quran says, yes, Jesus was uh, a, a chosen person by God. He was the Messiah. He was the Word of God. It uses very strong language to honor him. 
but then it insists that he was not God and he was a servant of God. So, and, and therefore Islam also strongly rejects the doctrine of Trinity. So there is a big theological distance there. Uh, but uh, also in my work, in my particular book on this topic, The Islamic Jesus, I also tried to show that, well, even Christians differed <laughs> on the nature of Jesus, that issue. There are, in fact, early Christian uh, strains or sects, if you will, which uh, had what Christians call lower Christology. In other words, they didn't indeed believe in Jesus as fully God. And in fact, there are historians who think that those early Christian sects, which went down in history as heretics, might have preceded Islam. Even the roots of Islam could be there. So that's an interesting thesis also, I think, uh, that needs some attention. You make note in a New York Times op-ed from a few years ago that uh, a couple of Muslim converts to Christianity uh, argued that uh, Muslims take this idea of the virgin birth more seriously than a lot of uh, self-described liberal Christians. That is true and interesting. I mean, I I had that quote to show that, you know, Muslims believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, and that's really fascinating. Uh, the, the, the difference they're speaking about is that, of course, in the modern era, a lot of Christians began to look at the Bible as a less uh, literal text and, and try to interpret it more metaphorically, which in my view is not a bad thing, especially on legal issues, uh, on, on certain things. Whereas in Islam, I think in, in Muslim-majority societies today, the scripture, in this case the Quran, is taken more literally. Uh, again, this might be creating some problems on legal issues, which I, of course, address in other works. But interestingly, this results in the fact that there is an overwhelming belief in Islamic societies in the virgin birth of Jesus, whereas in, in some liberal Christian denominations, that is taken as metaphor, metaphorical, not a literal truth. And those Christians were you know, pointing that out, and I just thought that was an interesting uh, distinction. Yeah, a whole lot of uh, your work is really uh, is both aimed at Muslims and non-Muslims, and the the undercurrent is can't we all just get along? That is true. I mean, on the one hand, I'm trying to help non-Muslims, especially Western uh, non-Muslims, Christians, secular people, anybody, to look into issues of Islam and have a have a more nuanced understanding. Of course, a lot of bad things are happening in the name of Islam today in different corners of the world, terrorism, oppression, and, and I have a big problem with those. Uh, but that's, first of all, that's not the only picture. I mean, generally the extremists in a tradition attract more attention than the normal people, than the reasonable people. Uh, also, discussions within Islam about what to do with the heretics, what to do with the apostates, these have haunted Christianity for centuries as well. Christian attitudes were not any more liberal uh, than Islam uh, until a few centuries ago. Things changed, of course, with Enlightenment, liberalism, and uh, good steps have been taken. And, and I think in Islam, we are hopefully heading there with a lot of tensions and lessons. Uh, on the other hand, I'm trying to help Muslim societies understand that the world, the world outside of Islam is not just big darkness there. Quite the contrary, it's more nuanced. There are things we can learn from other 
countries or civilizations and traditions. And also they are sharing a lot of commonalities. Uh, of course, not everybody likes that. I mean, one of my uh, lectures in Malaysia was canceled by the religion police because the subtitle read commonalities between Abrahamic religions. They said, we don't like that kind of stuff. So uh, people like to think that their tradition is just giving them all the truth they need and all else is darkness. And and I think we, we, we do have that problem in the Islamic tradition today, at least in Muslim societies. Uh, one thing that also I find fascinating is that when you read the Quran and the New Testament about stories of Jesus, there are similarities, there are commonalities. But there are also themes in the Quran about Jesus and his mother Mary, which you cannot find in the New Testament. And generally, Western Christians find them puzzling. Like, where did this come from? For example, the Quran says Jesus uh, had a miracle of taking a piece of mud and breathing into it and turning that mud into live, a live bird, and the bird flies. Uh, so this is an unusual thing that the Quran narrates about Jesus, and Western Christians probably never heard this, and they can say, where does this come from? But when you look into Christian sources other than the New Testament, into what Christians call apocryphal gospels, uh, these were the texts about Jesus used among Eastern Christians uh, in the early centuries, uh, you see the same miracle there. Uh, what the Quran is saying is not in the New Testament, but is it's in an apocryphal gospel. Uh, same thing is true for other deems about there is a narration in the Quran about the about Mary giving birth to Jesus, not in a in a stable in Bethlehem, but somewhere in the wilderness under a palm tree. Again, you cannot find this in Western Christian traditions, but if you look into some Eastern Christian uh, narrations you can find the idea of Mary giving birth uh, under a palm tree. Actually, it was highlighted by uh, this archaeological discovery in Israel uh, in 1990s when uh, archaeologists found the Christian church uh, named for named under Mary. It's, it was called the seat of the God-bearer, that is the seat of Mary. And the mosaics had palm tree uh, with, with dates exactly as, as it is told in the Quran. Which, again, highlights the fact that Islam and Christianity and Judaism, of course, I mean, they all came from Judaism, historically speaking, are deeply connected and their texts have fascinating parallels. And I think it will be good for every uh, religious believer in all these traditions to understand that uh, what they believe in has parallels on the other side. And, and maybe they can still think that they have the best version of, of monotheism, but at least they can understand that uh, their traditions are deeply connected and people on the other side of the theological divide might have some ideas, might have some beliefs that are exactly like yours. Mustafa Akiol is the author of The Islamic Jesus. He's also a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. In this season of giving, you should consider becoming a Cato podcast sponsor. Just visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor. 